I want us to look in the book of, of Luke. Let's do Luke 4, 18. You got it there? Verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. One statement there says that he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To heal the brokenhearted. The word heal simply means to cure or to make whole. We, we pretty much understand that, to cure or to make whole. But to, to understand the word whole, is, it, it means not lacking any part, entire, containing all its natural components, not broken or damaged, whole, not broken or damaged, praise God. Completely whole, not broken or damaged. He said, I have come to heal the brokenhearted, to make whole, to make not broken or damaged. Okay? Now, brokenhearted, it, it means to crush, to um, a crushed condition or to shatter. It's the loss of someone very close to you or betrayal by somebody very close to you. It's something that, that doesn't just impact you, but it's a little shattering of your reality, okay? It's your reality suddenly becomes just fragmented into pieces, and you have a hard time trying to figure out what fits and where to go and what to do and what to stand on, and you just become this fragmented uh, situation and it's not a good place to be no it's not a good place to be all of us have had things that has caused us to be broken hearted but jesus said he has anointed me to heal the broken hearted we've got a lot of broken people today and it all starts with a broken hearted situation a lot of our mental conditions they call them mental illnesses or, or um, you know, uh, things like that. A lot of those stem from a place of brokenheartedness that we didn't properly deal with. In Carolyn Leaf's book on, on uh, neuroscience, it says, she, she says that when you have an impact or there's a, a um, trauma that happens to you or something that a shocking experience or something that goes wrong in your life, somebody does you wrong, whatever the case may be, that's the impact. If you don't properly deal with that, if you don't properly address that, then in the first 21 days, after 21 days, it becomes a state of worry. Your mind begins to ruminate. Your mind begins to worry about it. Once that happens, then in another 21 days, it turns into anxiety. It becomes anxiety in your life because the worry becomes something you have no control of. And so then you, you come into a state of anxiety. And then if you go another 21 days, now this is science, but that backs up the Word of God. If you go another 21 days, then it turns into trauma. And when it becomes trauma in your life, 
than you live every day of your life feeling like something's wrong. You're uneasy. You're unsettled. You can't, you can't feel good about anything, and you feel this trauma. And every day of your life, you feel like something is wrong, and you have all these emotions that you can't control, and you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know why they're happening. Well, they're happening because there was an impact in your life that wasn't properly addressed with the Word of God and, took to, and brought into obedience to Christ, and it developed into worry. It developed into anxiety. It developed into trauma. And then after the trauma comes in your life, then you start suffering things like OCD. You start suffering things like PTSD. You start suffering things like depression, like schizophrenia and things like that. And that is your brain trying to deal with the trauma and it can't get a, it can't figure it out. So your brain begins to segment it, take it apart, and you start suffering mentally because your brain can't do anything with this situation that started with an impact. It was an original situation that developed its own life in your life and then took over because it wasn't addressed within the first 21 days. I want you to think about that. You have three weeks to deal with things that happen to you before they begin to become life-controlling issues, okay? Brokenheartedness can be hard to overcome. When somebody does you wrong, when, when a mate does you wrong, when there's, when there's trust broken, when there's betrayal, when you lose somebody, somebody dies that you're very close to, a, a, a soulmate or, a, or a, you know, a, a child or whatever, and people, people start telling you, well, you got to move on and all that kind of stuff. You don't move on. Stop telling people that. They can't move on. That person will live with them the rest of their life. You don't just cut that thing out and get rid of it. You have to bring it into a proper perspective where, they can, where you can live with that memory without it controlling you. See, there's pain. But that doesn't mean you have to live in pain. Jesus come to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. Heal the brokenhearted. And so at different times, two, two times specifically, I have ripped this shoulder out. I mean to the point of excruciating pain, can't use it, got to carry it around like this. I, no forward movement, couldn't, couldn't lift my arm like this. I could, I could pull it up like this, couldn't lift like, couldn't sleep at night because it constantly waking me up, just moving would, would, would hurt so bad that I would just, you know, it just wake me up. And that happened twice. The first time I, I, I recovered pretty good. And, um, you know, I, I didn't get, no, I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't have it checked. I should, I know, all that kind of stuff. But I just don't, I, you know, my attitude is God made us to heal and we'll heal. <laughs> you know, that's kind of move it and it'll heal. And so it was doing pretty good. And then my oldest son, you know, the, the whole thing of conquering dad, he wanted to arm wrestle me, you know. Over the years, we'd done that as I was growing up. Well, he got, he got bigger. He got to be pretty big. Matter of fact, he got bigger than me. 
And so one night he just kept agging me on, one arm wrestling. So I said, okay. So we're, I'm arm wrestling with him, and I'm holding pretty good, you know. I'm, I'm losing, but I'm holding him pretty good. And all of a sudden, something ripped in my shoulder and made this sickening sound, and my arm fell off, the, you know, just went limp. And I went to the ground holding my shoulder, and I was rolling around on the ground in excruciating pain, just, oh, hurting so bad. And he was strutting around like a peacock. <laughs> I mean, just strutting around like a peacock. And I was, I was in intense pain. And I was holding, you know, I was, oh, man. And I finally got up, and he's just strutting around there, you know. And I won and everything, and so I, I had to pop his balloon. I finally said, son... I don't think I'd be bragging about finally beating your 50-year-old dad in arm wrestling. <laughs> Had to do something because I was losing everything there. But that, that was pain. It was severe pain. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't use my arm. You know, it, was, it dominated my life day and night. And, but then I began to recover. And I started doing things to make it work. You know, it, it, the pain turned into stiffness, you know, where it just didn't want to move. And so I started making it move. And it would hurt and burn, you know, in there, just hurt and burn. And so finally, I got a, just a barbell, just a single, weighed about 25 pounds. And I laid down on this, you know, bench press. And I got that, and I would, I would pull it off and bring it down. And I'd do everything I could do trying to lift that. Man, it would hurt and burn and hurt and burn and hurt and burn. And I finally got to where I could lift it all the way up. And I kept doing that until I was doing that over 100 times every morning. Lifting that, over, just 25 pounds, lifting it over 100 times every morning. And the burning and the hurting began to dissipate. And, and that's been several years ago now. I got full movement, full range in my shoulder and no pain. I can tell you today that I have no pain in my shoulder, and I use it hard every day. I work, I work my shoulder, this arm especially. I work it hard every day, and I have no pain. Now, there, now I, I said all that to kind of bring things into perspective. I have memory of the pain that I had in my shoulder, but I'm not in pain. You get what I'm saying? Now, if I, if I confronted that the way we confront emotional trauma and, and emotional things, then I would live the rest of my life refusing to use that arm because I was hurt. My arm hurt me, so I can't use it anymore. I'm afraid it'll get hurt again. If I use it, it might get hurt again, so I've got to quit using my arm. That's how we approach emotional trauma in our lives today. But there's a difference between having memories of the pain and being in pain. Okay? I can think about that. Matter of fact, every once in a while I do think about it, especially when I go to pick something up like this, something heavy. 
I picked a gas can, five-gallon gas can up the other day, and my truck's pretty high. I picked it up like this and put it in the back of the truck, and I felt a little twinge of pain right there. And I remembered the pain. You see what I'm talking about? I remembered that the pain, that hurt that lasted for months and, and up to a year of the, just the pain. But I also reminded myself that it no longer exists. It's a memory. Okay? When we, when we allow our history to determine what we can do in our future, then we have just transferred the trauma of our past into our future, and it removes our hope, it removes our destiny, and it removes everything that's good and causes us to go into tomorrow with this anticipation that I'm going to be hurt. Pain is before me because it was behind me. Come on, somebody. Somebody hurt me, therefore I shut off that part of my life from now on. Because I don't want to feel that pain again. If I, if I was to act that way with my shoulder, I would be disabled with my right hand, arm today. It would not be usable. But instead, I pushed through the pain, I embraced the pain, and I made it work for me, and I refused to let it control me, and now I have freedom and liberty. I only have memory of how bad it hurts, but I do not live with how bad it hurts. Hey, man, I could just take off right now. Oh, my goodness. This is good. Okay. Now, I want to go back <coughs> to the verse, 1 Peter uh, 5 and 10. Can you put that back up for me? 1 Peter 5 and 10. We're going to be all over the place today, so just hang with me. I thought I had my notes all written out, but you know how it works. He says, but may the God of all grace who called us, everybody say called me who called us to his eternal glory. What's that mean? Eternal glory. What is ahead of me? Eternal glory. After you have suffered a while, I have suffered... But now that I've addressed that in a proper perspective with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, then that suffered is past tense. In my present, I am strengthened, I am perfected, I am settled, and what lies before me is eternal glory. So I no longer walk in the suffering now i constantly walk toward eternal glory oh come on somebody i'm not going to live my history every day of my life because i have a destiny laying before me i'm going to go after my destiny not my history Woo! 
Come on, somebody. I've been, I've been sitting on this since yesterday morning. So it's about to erupt. He has called us. Your destiny, God has determined your destiny to be in his eternal glory. Glory can mean a couple different things, but a lot of times it means the self-manifestation of the nature and acts of God. It doesn't matter what I have experienced in my past. I know that before me is the manifestation of the nature and acts of God. And if something comes to try to hurt me again, I know from my history, from being settled and perfected and, and strengthened, I know that now I can address that pain and have victory over it no matter what comes against me I can face it because I have experienced the deliverance of my history and I am moving to my destiny I have a destiny before me what's that verse that we like to quote a lot, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, to give you a determined end. Come on now. We cannot afford to let an experience, an impact that happened to us in our past develop into worry, into anxiety, into trauma, and then into life-controlling issues. Today, it's time to start the process in reverse and get that thing reversed in your life. Come on, God's going to walk you out of the life-controlling mental issues, back into, out of anxiety, back out of worry, and bring you back and deliver you from the pain that hits your heart. And now today, you might have memory of the pain, but you don't have pain. Hallelujah. If I was to give in to that, I've had so many injuries in my life, I would, not, I would not do anything, I wouldn't move, I wouldn't function, because I would be afraid that something was going to happen. I know in my life that something will happen, because that's the way I live. I don't live a safe life, so I know there's going to be things that are going to happen. I know there's trauma ahead. I know there's injury ahead. But I also know in my history that every time that that happened, God's been there. The healing has been there. The power's been there. And now I can turn and face my future boldly and with courage and say it doesn't matter what happens. I know God's going to take me through. I know I'll be victorious. Hallelujah. All right, I got to try to focus here. The voice of our soul. I want you to turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 5. Did I give that one to you? Book of Mark, chapter 5. Verse, start with verse 25. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. 
uh, you gotta you gotta know where I've been lately to know why I'm so excited about what I'm preaching today. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. The battle has been intense. The devil has ranted and raved. He's fought. He's done everything. And I told our, our staff today, our elders today, I said, I know for a fact we are in for something good because the, the resistance and the attacks have been, have been so dramatic that it, it you know, it, it, we're, we're gonna, we are going to see some breakthroughs coming because the devil's trying to get us to stop and stop moving forward. But we can't stop moving forward. I don't care if it looks like you're going to walk off a cliff. You can't stop moving forward. Amen. Last Friday night in Jackson, Mississippi, I had an encounter, a battle with the, with the forces of evil that was traumatic. It was hard. It was, it was, it was something that, that I, was, I, I couldn't sleep. I was up all night sweating profusely because the battle was intense, and it was hard, and it was, it was, it was unreal. It was to the point that, that I, I struggled to, very, to, to hold it together. No matter how, I've been in battle after battle after battle all my life. But last Friday night, it was so intense that I, 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 I had to battle even the fear of losing because it was that intense. But we made it through. God is our Savior. God is our helper. God is good. Hallelujah. God will bring you through. It don't matter when the devil comes against you one way, he'll have to leave seven ways. When he comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Hallelujah. Oh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. Hallelujah. So I had that battle. I mean, it was an intense battle. I haven't had a battle like that in a long time to the point where I was sweating profusely, trying to hang on, trying to fight, trying to survive. But we made it through. We broke through. That was Friday night. Sunday night, I was ministering to people, praying for them in a service. And all of a sudden, I come to this one lady, and the devil started speaking through her. And she started threatening me, telling me what she's going to do to me. The devil was telling me that he was going to take me down. I'm sending the storms after you. I said, I don't think so. Come on, somebody. I mean, this, this lady just all of a sudden changed. She grabbed me by the arm, squeezing my arm. I got big bones, and she was hurting my wrist. She was squeezing my wrist because the first thing she said was, I'm sending the rain on you. She said, I'm responsible for the storms that have been destroying so much, and I'm sending the rain on you. And I just said, we've, got it. we've had enough rain. I just turned to walk off. She grabbed me by the wrist, squeezed my wrist. She said, you don't understand. I'm coming after you. And I'm sending the storms on you. You better watch yourself. I thought, ooh, I know who you are. I've heard your voice before. And I just looked at her. I said, I don't think so. Jerked my arm away. Walked off. I don't know why I didn't tell her to tell it to come out. I don't know. But at that point, after Friday night, I was still just a little unsettled. You understand what I'm talking about? But I got to tell you something. God has been assuring me. It's been a battle every day of my life. 
this last week has been one struggle and battle. I have fought and I've battled, but there's somebody that is right there with us. There's somebody, and I've faced this up before, and I've felt defeat. I've felt the, the impact of the devil and the demon spirits of witchcraft as they've destroyed and hurt and, and caused problems. But I got to tell you something, that's not where I live anymore, because through that, I have I have found the strength and the settledness of the presence of God, the courage and the confidence of the fact that he will never leave me nor forsake me. He'll be with me to the ends of the world. And no matter what the devil tries, he can't get it done because he's a liar. He wants to try to get us to stop because he knows if it comes to a battle, he's going to lose because I don't fight him. I've got a big brother. His name is Jesus Christ. And I just simply get behind him and say, get him big brother get him come on somebody tell him say you obviously don't remember who my daddy is I'm gonna come get him amen hallelujah I'm gonna go get him mark chapter 5 where was I 25 all right. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. How many, how many believe that she had a history? She had a history of pain. She had a history of losing. She had a history of disappointment. One disappointment after another. She had suffered many things from many physicians that told her that they had a cure, but it didn't work. All they did was take her money from her. She suffered many things of many physicians, but then one day she heard Jesus coming. It says when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said... If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. This lady had a history of pain. She had a history of disappointment. She had a history of losing. Matter of fact, she lost everything she had trying to find help. And nobody could help her. Her voice, her soulish voice, could have talked her out of this miracle. Because the voice of your soul interprets things from your past and from your history. And so her voice inside of her was no doubt saying, it's just one more person saying they can help you but they've all failed me. Nobody has been able to help me. And her voice could have talked her out of going after Jesus. But there was something that got planted inside of her somewhere down the road. There was a voice of faith that came into her heart. Somebody told her about Jesus. Somebody told her that he can heal the sick. Somebody told her that he was a miracle worker because when she heard that Jesus was coming, 
She shut down the voice of her soul. She denied the lies in her heart, even though they were based in the facts of her past. She shut them down. And she said within herself, in the book of Matthew, it says that, that she said to herself. She didn't just say to somebody else. She said to herself. There was a conversation. There was an argument going on on the inside of her, just like we have. There was this argument taking place, and her soul was saying, you don't want to get out there and make a fool of yourself. Besides that, it's not lawful for you to touch his garment. It's not lawful for you to do this. You could get in a lot of trouble for this. And, and what if he gets mad? What if he doesn't like it? What if the disciples don't like it? What if they don't let you in? But it says that she pushed herself in. She made her way in. Every voice was against her. But somehow there was a word of faith that come into her life and began to rise up inside of her that caused her to deny the voice of her soul, to deny the voice of doubt, to deny the voice that says nothing's going to help you and, and just there's no hope for you. And she pushed forward and pressed in because she said in herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. See, we don't have to listen to the voice of our past. When the voice of our history begins to speak loudly and try to defeat you and try to get you not to pursue and try to get you to just give up, that lying voice of suicide that says everybody would be better off without you, everybody I've ever talked to that has, that has contemplated or been bound by this, this demon of suicide has always said the same thing. It's the same voice. It's the same lying devil that everybody would be better off if you wasn't here. It's the same voice. But when you cut down that voice and get the Word of God and say, listen, I know what my past has been. I know what my experience has been. But here's what the Word says. I'm going to base my life on the Word of God. I'm going to deny my feelings. I'm going to deny my emotions. I'm going to deny my history. And I'm going to go after the Word of God. And I'm going to turn to my future with the Word of God in front of me. And I'm going to pursue the destiny God has for me. Because God, God put me here for a purpose. Tell that lie inside of you. I have a purpose. I have a purpose. So she pressed through. She denied the voice of her soul. She had a conversation inside of herself. And she stood there thinking about it. This is illegal. Everything in my history says don't do it. But what I've heard, the faith that I've heard, even his shadow has healed people. I'm going to do it. When you come to the place where you have nothing left to lose, a lot of times you have the biggest victories in your life because you quit trying to protect your image. 
and you just go after God. Amen. You just go after God. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30, David was in a bad place. He got home from a battle. Ziklag, where they were staying, was burned with fire. Their families was gone. Their children was gone. And his soldiers blamed him. Everybody was speaking of stoning him. Everybody was saying what a loser he was, what a failure he was. Everybody was down on David. But there's a little line there that is a powerful statement. It says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. There was nobody else encouraging him, but the voice of his soul became the voice of God. He quit listening to the voices. He quit listening to the failures. He quit listening to all the things that could go wrong and had gone wrong and all the disappointments. And he started looking at God. And all of a sudden, David began to say, man, God's been with me. I've, I've seen his victory. I've seen his victory. When that giant was telling me he's going to feed me the fowls of the air, I saw God take control of that rock and hit that giant. I've seen the victory of the Lord. Now, see, David could have went to his past. He had victories in his past, but he also had pain in his past because he was on the run from the king. He went in and played the harp and sang for King Saul and blessed him. And yet the very person he blessed was trying to kill him. He had to run and hide in caves, run from place to place, running from King Saul. And now here David is. More people turning on him. And David could have said, well, here we go again. God, you told me I was going to be king, and look, everybody turns on me. Here we go again. But instead, David decided to listen to a different voice. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. And because of that, he recovered everything plus the spoils. David come out of that battle, not only recovering everything that was stolen, but, become, but he come out of it richer than he was when he went in. Oh, that ought to speak to us. If you'll stand up today to the things that are trying to stop you, the things that are trying to slow you down, the things that are trying to defeat you, if you'll stand up to them today and encourage yourself in the Lord, you're going to come out of this battle richer than you went into it. Amen. You're going to come out of it stronger. Even the world sings about this. 
What's that one song somebody sung it? Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I've heard that song. I don't know if that's what, how it goes, but whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, some, somebody got, you know, I don't know how they got a hold of it, but somebody got into the Word of God and, and began to read what God said and made a secular song out of it. Because if you hang on through the storm, he's going to bring you out of there understanding how to deal with the storm. You won't be afraid. Amen. Don't be afraid. When you, when you refuse to let the memory of the pain control your future, then your future is free to have destiny and victory and the expression of God. But if you go into your future with the attitude of your history, you will sabotage and self-defeat yourself in everything God tries to bring into your life. You'll destroy it. Amen. I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to bring this thing down because I got a lot more. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He didn't come just to pat you on the head and say, I hope you make it. He came to cure, to heal the brokenhearted. There's a lot of people today that are trepidatiously tripping into their future because they're so afraid of the re repetition of their history. Oh, it's got, I don't know if I want to go forward or not because it hurt back there. And I don't know if I want to face that again. Because we won't let go of the memory, we live every day in pain. Even though what caused the pain doesn't exist anymore, we still live in pain. Let's break that thing off today. And let's put it back into our history. And come to a place where you say, you know, I remember a lot of pain. But by the power and grace of God, I can declare today, I am not in pain. Hallelujah. That means I'm free to move. I am free to experience life. I am free to love. Because the pain of not being loved no longer controls my destiny. I can love again. You say, I just can't trust anybody because I've been let down so many times. Stop letting that stuff control you. Your, your destiny and future doesn't hinge on other people's actions. Your destiny and future hinges on your actions. You are the one that determines 
Will I live in the control of my history? Or will I live in the anticipation of the goodness of God?